Hey friend, welcome to Red Hot Mindset. I am glad that you're tuning in with me today. I know that in a world of noise in so many different platforms, YouTube and podcasting and social media, there's so many places you could be spending your time. And I just appreciate you for spending some time with me. Now, before we get started, I have to share. Now, if you listened in last Thursday, you know that I was a contestant on Wheel of Fortune. Kind of silly. My kids think I'm old because I like to do puzzles and I love to watch Wheel of Fortune and I go to bed early. Uh, probably some other reasons in there too. Uh, maybe because I am getting older, but either way, um, they have been pressuring me to try out for a long time because I'm pretty good at it, at least on the TV, like when I'm watching it on TV. And I'm one who is known to yell at the TV and different things. So I decided to apply and uh, I was accepted to try out and was accepted. So we taped this summer and now I'm going to be on. And that is tonight. So um, feel free to tune in tonight. I'm not sure what you're going to get. I was pretty sanguine. It was pretty fun. I'll give you a recap on Thursday about how it went and, and my experience but it'll be fun. I did this for my dad. I am currently in Minnesota. He has no idea. So shh, don't tell him. Um, he has no idea. I was on Wheel of Fortune. And so we're going to sit and watch it like in the past times. And um, he's going to be really shocked. I think, I think it's going to be a good surprise for him. So um, tune in anywhere that uh, whatever channel it is, because I know the channels are different. Um, most likely it's 630 it's 6.30 Central Time and Mountain Time. I believe it's 7.30 Eastern Time, but you'll have to check for your channel and the time. But uh, tune in to see how I did tonight on Wheel of Fortune. Today is going to be a super fun episode. I am bringing on Cat Sharp with a struggle victory story. And we're talking a little bit about diet mentality versus food freedom. And I know a while back I shared on my podcast, my story when it came to uh, depression and anxiety and how it turned into an eating disorder and really trying to take control of my um, issues with food and how that actually became a control over me. So today I'm bringing on Kat so she can share her story. It's pretty similar in nature. I feel like we really connected and a lot of what her story, as she was talking, I was like, oh man, that's me. Oh man, I remember that. I remember being just like that or having those same thoughts or believing those same lies. And so it's interesting that a lot of times we feel like we're so alone in our struggles, but really if we were having these conversations and sharing our own struggles with others and how we overcame them, we'd realize we are not alone at all, that everyone is going through something. And Kat's going to be sharing a little bit about her binge eating journey and how God set her free by going and seeking him in his word and really finding out how to find your worth in Christ instead of through food and dieting. Um, now, after decades of yo-yo dieting, emotional eating, and binge eating, Kat Sharp stopped seeking answers in the world and started seeking them in God's word. As a result, Kat has lost over 100 pounds and is now a certified life coach with a passion for helping Christian women break the shame of a diet cycle and find peace and health in their bodies. She believes that the principles of caring for our physical bodies are beautiful, many representations of the concepts of discipleship. She loves to help her clients see the bigger picture of what glorifying God in our bodies truly means. 
Now, I love that. I believe in a lot of the same things. I believe that we can glorify God with our bodies, with our food. And I'm excited for this conversation with Kat. So let's step on into the fire. Welcome to Red Hot Mindset. I'm your host, Gabe Cox. And through this podcast, I'm on a mission to help you step into the fire of refinement so God can mold and transform you into a woman ready to step into your calling and crush your goals his way. I do this by helping you overcome your mental barriers through a faith-based approach of building inner strength and resilience. Each episode, I will bring you thought process, productivity tips, and inspirational stories from everyday people, all so you can live intentionally and move forward confidently with the gifts God has given you. As a running enthusiast, I believe that life is one massive marathon, and it's up to you to run your own race and to finish it well. Step into the fire with me, because I know you will come out stronger. Hi, Kat. Welcome to Red Hot Mindset. I'm so glad that you're joining me today to talk about your food journey. Thank you so much for having me. I'm really excited to be here. Yes, I'm excited too. But before we dive into your story, I'd love for you just to share a little bit about who you are and so we can get to know you better, so my listeners can get to know you. Okay. Um, of course, my name is Kat Sharp. I am from Southeast Missouri. I am a brand new grandma and empty nester. <laughs> Um, let's see, our youngest just started college this fall and, um, our first grandbaby was born three weeks ago today. So, um, it's my husband and I still getting used to that whole empty nest season of our lives. And, um, yeah, I love Jesus. I'm a, a worship singing coffee crazed movie nerd. I love Christmas and things that are silly and fun and, um, I just, I, um, I have gone through a pretty dramatic food journey, like you said, so I'm excited to share about that. But one thing that I've learned through the whole thing is that no matter how far I ran from God, he pursued me and never let me run too far. So, you know, that's, I love that you said that because I feel the same. Um, I have shared my journey on this podcast of, um, going through a really deep depression and, um, emotional eating and, um, all the different, the eating disorders that I had and had a struggle through. And I felt the same way. It was like, I never, I didn't completely leave my faith. Um, I knew he was there. It was, it was just like, where are you? Like, you know, it was kind of the whole, I know you're here, but where are you? But he never let me go. And I, and now looking back, I look and go, oh yeah, he was right there but it's hard to see it when you're in the midst of it. And I'm sure you felt that way in your journey as well. Um, now, I know it started kind of similar where you had you were um, struggling with a little bit of depression and anxiety um, that led to this binge eating that we're gonna talk about. Um, now, that was kind of a way to cope with your negative emotions that you're feeling. So can you tell us just a little bit about that journey? Um, what, how did it start? Uh, you know, what, what kind of, for, how did it form in a way? Sure. Um, I grew up in church. My dad um, has been a missionary Baptist pastor for as long as I can remember and um, just recently retired, actually. So he's finally getting to rest. <laughs> but, um, you know, I, I was saved as a, at a young age. I was baptized as a preteen. Um, we were constantly in church. I knew Jesus. 
I did not have any doubt that God was real. I knew that I had been saved by the blood and sacrifice of Jesus Christ. Like there was no doubt, but then I turned 18 and turned stupid. You know how, like sometimes we, we turn 18 and we decide I'm going to live my way. Right. And I went through some really dumb decisions. Well, you, I don't know about you, but I'm extremely stubborn and I was standing on this. Well, this is the decision that I made and this is what I want. And this is the life that I'm going to live. Nobody knows what's good for me. And all of my friends and family around me are like, stop, 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 stop. What are you doing? What are you doing? And I was not about to admit I'd made a mistake. And so I just continued to walk in these stupid, stupid, stupid choices. (laughs) And so from that came shame. And in the shame, after a while, you start to feel like there was pain. There was a lot of pain and shame because I was so defiant and I refused to admit my mistakes and ask for help. I was burying myself in this shame and I'm listening to the enemy tell me you have nothing to offer. Look what you've done to your life. You have no hope. There's nothing that you can do to make things better. You'll just have to wait until you die to be happy because in my head, I was going to live this miserable life. I was going to go to heaven and that's where I would have joy. And after a time, the pain gave way to numbness. Like um, there was nothing. It felt dark and empty. And I lived like that for years. And one thing that I learned that I would start to feel something is if I ate a lot of food. And so when I say a lot, I mean full pizzas followed by full nine by 13 pans of brownies. And there's something that happens in the brain chemically when you feed it that much sugar, well, junk, whether it's sugar or just junk, there's something that happens chemically in the brain and it's very short lived, but I would feel something. And so I would keep doing it. I would keep binging, but just like any other substance abuse, because that's what it was, I would need more and more and more to feel the same thing the next time. Um, I was married. It was an unhealthy emotional relationship for him and for me and our children. And um, after about nine and a half years of marriage, we did separate and I became a single mom. So there's a lot of stress when you're going through a divorce. And I had guilt and shame again. Here I was raised in a Christian household, daughter of a missionary Baptist pastor. Divorce was not something that I ever thought would be in my life. And I felt shame and guilt and I ate and I ate and I ate. And we had no money, single mom, two little kids. We had no money, but you know what's cheap? Sugar, flour, eggs, oil, brownie ingredients are not expensive. (laughs) So we, I just, I ate nonstop. I was well over 300 pounds. I was in physically a lot of pain and emotional pain. And every time I felt bad, I would eat. And you have kids, you've had upheaval in your life. There comes pain with that. And I was trying to medicate that with brownies. Brownies are a terrible band-aid, terrible band-aid. But that's how I got started into binge eating. Okay. Now tell me how, how many years was this then? Did you start binge eating kind of college age and it kept progressing or how long of a span was this? Oh goodness. I probably binged for 
I'd say probably eight years, eight years, um, three or four years before I separated from my husband, um, two and a half years after the separation. And then, um, for about it, cause I did finally return to church. I did finally return to the Lord in submission and repentance, but still wasn't ready to be open and honest about my life prior to that. And, um, so I had been back in church about a year before I say I had that come to Jesus moment. So, yeah. Yeah. And we're definitely going to be talking about that. So, <laughs> no, it's interesting to me now through this process, through these years of struggle, did you feel like it was a struggle? Cause you had the shame. Did you have the shame in the eating too? And, or were you feeling like it was something you could control? for me, the eating was something I could control. So it was like the one thing in my life that I felt like I had control over, even though I realized now looking back, I'm like, no, it had control over me um, because it was kind of an idol in my life. Like that's what addictions are, right? We were like, oh, we're not I'm not addicted to alcohol. I'm not addicted to this. Um, sugar is an addiction, right? I've had that addiction as well. Um, so how, how did, how was that for you? Were there times where you're like, no, I can't do this anymore. And you tried and then you, and then it, and feel like you failed or whatever it is like, how, how did that journey go for you? Oh, yes. Um, you know, I've always been a larger, larger girl. And so, you know, I knew every diet plan, every diet idea, you know, of course, we're not going to talk about how old I am, but this is before the internet was so um, readily available and um, before social media. And so, you know, people were, you know, oh, I have this printout and it's like the tuna diet typed on a typewriter in 1976 and it's been passed down, you know, like I had books full of junk like that. And so I'll, I'll, eat, I'll, I'll do the tuna diet and a couple of days would go by and I would just jump off that wagon face first into a pound of brownies because I'd had a bad day. And I used to pray, Lord, let there be something wrong with me. So I have a reason to want sugar so bad. I remember praying for the Lord to actually give me a medical problem because I was ashamed of my behavior. Mm, yeah. And I, I think we can relate to that. Many of the, my listeners probably can relate to that. I can relate to that. Actually, it's funny. It's not um, my behavior, but I don't like nuts. And so I always said, I wish I had an allergy. I pray, you know, I'm like, wait, I don't want an allergy to that. Like, what am I saying? You know, the things that we say yeah. um, or that we wish or want, um, probably we don't have them for a reason. Um, God mm -hmm. knows best. And so now you've gone the years into this. Now your kids were little at the time. Could you see effects on your kids as well um, as you were going through this, this um, binge eating? At the time, not so much. Now, when they started getting older, I started to realize where some of my old habits had been taught to them. And I was like, oh, what have I done? You know, we had three teenage girls at one time. And so there was a lot of hormones, a lot of hormones. And, you know, you have a breakup and somebody's like, mom, we're going to run to the store and get some ice cream. Or um, we need to go out for Mexican because I don't know about you, but boy, a big bowl of cheese does feel good when you're upset, but it never actually makes it feel any better. And so um, it was, I had to walk very, very carefully when we had teenage girls because I'd never wanted them to think that their eating habits were something to be ashamed of because that was, I had that. I had, I had made myself feel so bad about everything I put in my mouth, whether it was healthy or not, that I wanted the girls to know that they were loved no matter what 
but I also worked very hard to have healthy conversations around those emotions because they're now grown. You know, I'm not with them 24 seven and um, now they're they're off doing their own thing. And so I just pray that hopefully they also learn some healthy ways to cope as well. You know, praying together and and talking about what the Lord wants us to look for in our in our future spouses and and um, the importance of healthy relationships. And, um, you know, of course, they saw unhealthy relationships with their dad as well. But between the two of us, because when I was living in my pain, I was not a good wife to him and he was not a Christian. And so just praying that the Lord will, um, you know, praying that they, they caught on later, <laughs> not so much the stuff earlier, but yes, I did see some impact later. Okay. Yeah. So interesting. And especially with teenage girls, I feel like we need to, as their moms, we are the kind of the role model They're, We're the ones they look to. And so they will kind of do what we do, not what we say. Um, I, I even feel like that. I have a teenage boy now and I feel the same way where the, even his eating habits, I'm like, my husband can eat anything. Like mm-hmm. he's just a stick and can eat anything. And I'm like, how do you do that? Um, but my, but then, and my other, my oldest son is a uh, high level gymnast. So he's in the gym all the time. So he can eat and eat and eat. But at yeah. the same time, I'm like, okay, how do I teach him eating habits without causing shame? Because I know mm-hmm. boys can have the shame too. Um, so it's very real, very real. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. So now you had a come to Jesus moment. I want to hear all about it. What happened? Was it like, was, is this the defining moment? Like you could, you can pinpoint it. It's right there. Or was it kind of a a gradual thing that you saw later? You know, I'd had many moments where I thought I had made that decision that, that things are going to be different. And then they weren't, you know, I would fall off the wagon again. And I keep using that phrase. I wasn't falling. I was jumping. I wasn't ready to stay on the wagon. And, um, I had been back at church for a while. I am part of our worship team. I love to sing. Um, if, if you were to ask me what one thing was I put on this earth to do, it's to sing worship to my savior. So when our church started a recovery program and they wanted, um, worship, I was like, Oh, I can help with that. And I say help with with, you know, air quotes, because I did not know that the Lord was setting something up for me. And even looking back, you know, there were many, many lives changed through that, that recovery ministry. But I sometimes think, Lord, you did that just for me, didn't you? I could feel so loved. I started helping in that ministry. I would run worship. And then I would stay in the meeting as, you know, what I thought support staff, right? that I'm there to encourage and to fellowship and to pray with, with the women because our leader was a man and, you know, that kind of thing. And I start to hear stories of men and women who um, have admitted substance abuse problems. And they're saying things like, I'll only use on weekends or I'll only use with other people with, when I'm with friends, I'll only use this much, but never more than that. I'll only use this thing, but never that thing. And I'm listening to them tell their stories. And I'm thinking, I have said every single one of those things about sugar, about portion sizes. I can have a small amount, but never more than that. I'll only have sugar when it's a social event, like a birthday party. Let me tell you, when you make that kind of bargain with God, suddenly every day is game night and you're inviting friends over for cards. Like, every day because then you can have sugar. And so like, there's all of these, I'm, I'm seeing myself in their stories and I'm thinking, is that possible? 
for me to be so addicted to sugar that it's it's similar to, to what these people have experienced. And I am not about to say that my life had been turned upside down the way some of those stories just still heart-wrenching. But um, what I did learn is that no story, no situation was ever too far gone for the Lord to restore. And I remember I decided, okay, no more sugar, no more sugar. And I cleaned out the house again, everything in the house was gone, you know, got rid of salad dressings, even like, I mean, I got rid of everything with sugar in it and I had a bad day at work. And my husband was a truck driver. He was gone for about three months at a time at this point. So I was home alone with the girls, put them to bed and I ran to the pantry and, you know, you've seen like cartoons where they dig into the closet and they just start throwing stuff over their shoulders really fast. That's oh, yeah. what I did in the, in our pantry. I pulled everything out of the pantry, um, covered the kitchen table with food, didn't find anything in the pantry. So I went to the other cabinets and I'm just pulling stuff out of the cabinets, looking for anything with sugar in it. And I'm, I'm starting to have that frantic moment and that frantic feeling. And I thought, you know what? My sister lived in this house before I moved in and let me, that girl can cook. Now she is an, a phenomenal cook. And I thought, let me look where she used to keep her baking supplies. And I climbed into my cabinet on my stomach, as far as I could get myself in. And I reached my hands back and I felt a teeny tiny bit. It was a Ziploc bag, which is a teeny tiny bit of powdered sugar in it. Why she kept it. I don't know. Like it, it wasn't even enough to do anything with. And I dumped that powdered sugar into a bowl, added just like a couple of drops of milk, stirred it and ate it. And I sat in the floor and I cried. And I remember my hands being sticky. I remember feeling that stickiness on my lips. And I, I don't know if I used a spoon, like it was so, so I was so frantic for it. I'm not even sure I used a spoon. I probably drank it out of the bowl. And I said, Lord, how did I get here? How did I get here? And I prayed, help me. And I remember praying, take it away from me. I didn't want the temptation anymore. I didn't want the desire for food anymore. And he didn't do that. And I've heard some people who've said that when they prayed for the Lord to remove the temptation, they did that he did, but he gave me something better. And he gave me a journey. What he gave me was this. I, I committed right then and there. I was done with sugar and it became a fast of sorts. Every temptation was a reminder to pray. Every temptation was a sign that I was trying to have needs met outside of the will of God. And so I spent a lot of time in my Bible. I spent a lot of time praying and reading and, and praising and crying. I mean, there were a lot of tears, but that moment I sat in the floor so embarrassed, but I had to be willing to get open about it. And so at the next recovery meeting, I said, this is where I'm at. And I took home my chip that night and three and a half years without any sugar. Wow. That's just amazing. It's amazing. And I love how, you know, it's, there are, I pray for that too, like the, the instant healing. I don't want to have mm -hmm. to deal with this. Right. But sometimes God's answer to that is no. And the reason yeah. for it is because he's refining us. 
And that's what Red Hot Mindset is all about. It's all about stepping into that refiner's fire and letting him mold and shape us and and take off those layers that are ugly, right? And making us into something beautiful. But sometimes that's that's our story is that we have to go through the trial. We have to go through the struggle and we have to go all the way through it so that we can learn what is this that, what are, what are you teaching me, Lord? And, and what are you gonna do through me now? Because I'm sure that now coming out the other side, you are stronger. And now you are able to affect many people um, that that have the same struggle or different struggles, because I feel like um, it was the addiction that you overcame, right? And an addiction yes. works in the same way for every different kind of addiction. Mm -hmm. um, some stronger than others, um, some have more strongholds maybe, but it's the same journey. It's the same recovery and healing process, correct? Absolutely. I remember, um, you know, because I was part of a recovery program and people were being paired up with sponsors or accountability partners. Well, I was the first one to have a sugar addiction. And so there were no sponsors available that had walked through the exact same thing that I had. And so I um, had an accountability partner who was the tiniest little thing. Oh my goodness. Like she was like 411 and weighed maybe 103 pounds. And at any other time in my life to think that I had this teeny tiny woman as my accountability partner for something food related, like that would have just made me so angry, but the Lord paired me with her and just the things that we learned from one another, because she was also walking through her own journey and um, just, you know, built a, uh, a lifelong relationship with her that I never would have sought out on my own. And, and the Lord showed me so many things in myself, you know, like <clears throat> the refining fire. I just love that because I, I recently did a study with some friends and, and we talked about the refining fire and how a piece of metal has to be completely melted down for the junk to come to the top and get pulled off. And that's what he was doing. Like he was completely melting me. And it wasn't just the sugar addiction that came out, but it was my need to control things. It was um, my, my shame. I had to let go of my shame. I had to recognize the truth that all of those things that I was saying to myself that I was worthless and hopeless and helpless and unlovable and that was all a lie. And I had to rewrite those things with the truth of the word of God. And what my life is completely different than it used to be. Like if you had told me that I would be doing this right now today, I would have laughed in your face. I would have laughed in your face, but God is good. He is. He's so good. And I know one of the things that you're passionate about is turning from that diet mentality and really seeing ourselves through the lens of Christ. And I know this came from when you turned to the Bible and really studied his word and, and got to know him, right? And because that's what a relationship is. It's not a one-way street. You got to get in there. You got to get to know him. Um, so what were, you know, you shared a little bit about it, but what were some of the greatest lessons that you learned when you did that, when you turned from that diet mentality to seeking God in his word? Oh, golly. How much time do you have? Um, <laughs> I got all day. So <laughs> I, one thing was that I learned to be thankful for temptation because temptation, we view it as this horrible negative thing, right? Like, ah, oh, 
temptation, run, you know, try to control our situation. So we're never tempted that we never have a situation to be tempted. But what I learned from the Bible is that temptation one, we've already been promised a way out. So we see the goodness and the faithfulness of God in every temptation, because look, he's provided a door out of it. And also it is a path to maturity. Every moment of temptation, every trial, every I I keep calling it temptation because that's what it is, is an opportunity for me to grow and mature and maturity brings blessings, but it also glorifies the Lord. And so what an opportunity to praise God. Every temptation is now an opportunity for me to sing the praises of my heavenly father and say, look what God has done in my life. And, And people are like, it's just brownies. I'm like, you have no idea. Like, it's not about the brownie. This is such a big deal because if there was food in front of me, I ate it and I ate it till it was gone. And I I don't, I'm not that way anymore. And another thing I've learned is that I'm new through the word of God. I'm new just because my old habits were to eat every bite and to go for dessert first and all of those things. I'm a new creation. I don't have to do that anymore. I don't have to. Every single day is a new opportunity to live as the creature that Jesus has made me, that that what he's done has transformed me to. I love that. And as you're talking about it, I hear, um, you know, I'm made new. I don't have to. And I feel like the shame, because the shame is a lie. It's the Mm -hmm. enemy trying to pinpoint you and keep you there because the shame is saying, that's who you are. You can't change. Just, just stay there. You're fine. Just deal with it, you know. And that's when you break out of that and you say, "No, I'm, I'm made new in Christ." Then the shame can be gone, right? We don't have that guilt. We don't have that shame anymore. And, um, and that's, I, wow. Those are some really amazing lessons that you've learned in your food journey. Um, you know, if you could give my listeners just one piece of advice about finding food freedom for themselves, what would that be? Stop seeking the world for answers Hmm. because my heavenly father created my body and my Bible tells me that when I seek wisdom from him, he will give it without, um, he's not going to be upset about it. He's not gonna be like, fine. I'll tell you, like he wants us to understand. And when I seek him for wisdom, he will direct me to what I need to do. Um, there are so many things out there that are very detrimental to our, our physical and mental wellness. And it's all over social media. It's, I mean, you can't throw a stick without bumping into a diet plan these days. And there's nothing wrong with a plan, but there's so many and the enemy use them to dis- uses them to distract us. So seek the Lord before you settle into a plan because he'll tell you what your body needs. Your body will tell you what your body needs. And when we seek his wisdom, things change. Mm. Things change. So good. So good. Because you're right. There are so many different things that we could um, go down rabbit holes and different diets, different plans. And really the plan is to seek to glorify God. And we do that through our eating, right? We do that through what we put into our body. And, um, and if you don't know, then we seek him. 
And I feel I, I've gone on this journey as well, where I've got, I've done tons of different diets. I've done, um, all the different plans as well, not to lose weight, but because I was like, Oh, I need to get rid of sugar in my life. Oh, I can't have wheat anymore or whatever it is. Right. Mm-hmm. Now I do have some restrictions because my body doesn't take well to certain things. And sugar is one of them, which has been my addiction as well. I go in seasons where I have those different and it is, it's that temptation. And do I give in? Yep. Sometimes I give in. And then sometimes I'm super strong. And so I'm learning to be super strong, right? And, but um, one of the things I've loved to explore was the intuitive eating where it's kind of, you're listening to your body and, and doing that. But at the same time, in the beginning of that, I was like, oh, well, that means I can eat whatever as long as I sound like I want to. So you get into those ruts, even with something like that. So it's really like, yes, it'd be intuitive, but make sure that you're being intuitive by seeking God and his word and what he wants for you. And, and thinking about it as, is this good for my body? You know? And, and one of my, one of my sayings was, I, I, um, I don't live to eat. I eat to live. Right. And so I try and remind myself of that, that food is a tool like anything else. Um, and so I love that uh, piece of advice that you gave us for finding food freedom um, now I am going to have you coming back next week. We're going to be doing a teaching episode where you're going to share um, some steps and some ways to get rid of that diet mentality and really seek God in our food and find that food freedom. So uh, listeners, I want you to come back, come back and hear that. I'm super excited for it. Um, now I know that they're going to want to connect with you, Kat. So can you just share a couple of good places for them to do that? Absolutely. Um, my website is easycatsharp.com. You can also find me on Facebook or Instagram at Cat Sharp Coaching. Awesome. Well, we will see you back here next week. Thanks so much, Cat. Thank you. It's been an honor. Thank you so much for joining me today. I had a great time and I hope you did too. Before we go though, make sure you subscribe to the podcast on your favorite listening platform if you haven't already. This will make sure you have access to all future episodes so you don't miss any of them. If you resonated with this episode, please consider leaving a review on iTunes or Spotify as reviews are an important part of growing this podcast. If you have any friends or family who you think would enjoy this podcast, be sure to take a screenshot and share it with them. And if you're not a part of the free Mindful Mamas online community, consider joining us. It's a community built to provide support, mindset, and encouragement as you develop your gifting, live intentionally, and go after your biggest goals, God's way. Head on over to www.redhotmindset.com to check out the show notes and find the link to join the community. I hope you step into the fire with me each and every episode because I know you will come out stronger. That's all for now. Talk with you real soon. Bye, winner.